Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 411 from 406. My name is Chewy, and finally, I'm joined once again by my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. How are you, sir? <laughs> We're back. After a very long and unnecessary hiatus, we have finally found our way back to the microphone so that we can uh, talk to all our fan uh, again, yes. you know, the, the one or two <laughs> people that do actually download this thing, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited, man. It's been way too long. Yeah. So, so we, we recorded the last episode of the podcast on June 7th and we're sitting here on August 24th. Yeah. 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 And we're not going to hit our hundred this year, unfortunately. I don't, I don't think so, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, uh, you know, Hey, I I would rather, what do they say? Uh, They say quality over quantity, right? Sure. Absolutely. I think we're good at that. So, so what's, uh, what's been going on since, since June the 7th? I know that's basically all summer. What, what'd you do this summer? Oh man. Yeah. I guess it is flying by like super quick at this point. I mean, it's, I guess it's basically over. So my kids are back in school already. They have been since the 10th, I think of August. So like the second week of August and they were both back in full time. So summer ended early and I don't, I mean, I'm trying to think back to when I was a kid, but I'm reasonably sure if it wasn't after Labor Day, it was the very end of August. So it kind of sucks because I feel like they don't have a full summer, but it's also kind of awesome because I want to get them the fuck out of the house right now. And <laughs> uh, and that's that's helping a lot. So I yeah. Uh, yeah, so summer's over pretty much for them, at least not weather wise, but certainly in terms of, you know, time off and all that. But they need their structure. They need to get back. They need bedtimes. They need to get up at the same time every morning. That was a bit of a rough transition, but you know, we're, we're making it, making our way back into the whole routine, but what about you guys? Yeah, very similar. Um, we didn't start quite as early as you did. Um, I had two of my boys start last week. My third started this week. So yeah, we're all back in school and I agree. I I, am growing up. We never started this early. It was, it was always post labor day or right around labor day. So you're right. You know, they've really kind of the kids these days really kind of shortchanged their summer it's hot as balls here today. I mean, it's like 90% humidity. We had a massive storm last night. We got like three inches of water in two hours. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, there was just like, there's flooding all over the place. Um, yeah. So it's, it was, it's been, it's, it was been bad, but, but like next week it's supposed to be in the high in the sixties, which I'm really looking forward to. So good. You mentioned bedtimes. Um, you know, Amanda and I were saying <laughs> it's funny as we get older, we, we like the winter way more than we did when we were growing up. And it's because of that, right? It's because of earlier bedtimes and having a schedule and, and knowing where your kids are, you know what I mean? Like, Oh um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I've got a 17 year old and a 15 year old and the 17 year old drives. Right. And it's like, he's gone all the time. (laughs) I mean, just (laughs) always. Yeah. Yeah. And even, and, and the nine-year-old that's, he's the one, right. Because it's like in the summer he's out until it gets dark, which is like 10 o'clock. And yeah, and that's just way too late. <laughs> yeah, well, and I have the same problem. Of of course, I'm I'm a ways behind you. I'm eight and six, but my six year old just can't fathom going to bed before the sun goes down. Right. And you know, right now it it's 
you know, past nine o'clock before the sun goes down. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a challenge to say the least. And, you know, we have to keep kind of putting her to bed and, you know, she'll get up and do her thing and, you know, sing to herself in her room for a while and all this kind of crazy stuff. She, we let her have a, one of those echo dots in her room. And so she will, she's found, she found a clever way to plug headphones directly into them and she'll listen to music very quietly in her room, which is kind of, you know, she's kind of a little shit for figuring that out. But at the same time, I was like super proud of her because that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's probably what I did when I was younger too. But well, she, she, uh, she takes after old man with, uh, with her love for music. That's awesome. I hope so. That's, that's, that's the awesome. plan. Uh, yeah. And you know, let's see, I'm trying to think, um, you had just had a birthday prior to our last episode. Uh, Amanda and I both celebrated our birthdays in August. Yeah. Um, my, my, tw- thank you. My 25th wedding anniversary is next Tuesday. Um, right. Yeah. Wow. So we, yeah. So we actually had, we took a, we took a, a cruise to Bermuda, which That's was right. fucking awesome. Was I mean, it, it so was nice? Just, it was, yeah. I mean, it's just five days alone, you know, without the kids and on, you know, on a, where you can eat and drink your face off until your heart's content. Yeah. Um, yeah. The weather was beautiful. We had never, we'd actually never cruised to the Atlantic before. We've, we've always gone to uh, like the Bahamas and, and in the Caribbean. And so the Atlantic ocean going out the two days out was really rough. Like Amanda was, she was just kind of mainlining drumming for, for about 30 hours. But Ugh. once we got there, it was fine. And then coming back was fine too. But yeah, going out, um, we went through some storms. We, we drove from Cleveland to uh, New Jersey. Oh Jesus. Left from New Jersey. And it was like storming when we left storming that basically that entire first day at sea. So it was, it was kind of rough, but uh, after that, you know, uh, we had, yeah, we had a great time. That was awesome. Was That's great. great. That's highly recommended. Cool. If you've never, if you've never been to Bermuda, it is beautiful. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. No, I have not. And that, that does sound pretty awesome. Yeah. So, and then the, you know, the one uh, massive downer, uh, I lost my dad uh, in, in late July, you know, so cancer's a motherfucker, but the, the one bright spot there was, I got to see you for, uh, for a couple minutes. I appreciate again, you, you stopping by and going out of your way. Um, I, it meant, meant a lot to me. So thank you. I appreciate it. Well, of course. I mean, you know, I hate to frame it as a, you know, a way that I got to pay you back because you did the same for me when my mom died many years ago. But, uh, you know, I'd like to think that I would have been there no matter what, if, you know, under the right circumstances, but it was a real, it was a tough situation, but I was glad I was able to pay my respects because he was obviously a great man and, uh, well, he'll certainly be missed for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so speaking of, I'm not really sure how to transition out of that, but speak, speaking of paying respects. Uh, Let's we, do it lost, awkwardly because that seems right. to work really well for us. <laughs> uh, we, we lost Bray Wyatt today, 36 years old. Yeah, just like, a couple hours crazy. ago. I got yeah. texts from you and Corey. And then, of course, it starts blowing up on social media. And I, yeah, that was really surprising to me because I, I guess I shouldn't say that because I don't I don't know the guy obviously and he doesn't to my knowledge have a documented history of mental illness or substance abuse or anything that I'm aware of so I guess you know it definitely was quite a surprise I guess I didn't realize he was 10 years younger than us or more than that but it was it was pretty sad because he was trying to make a second run back in his career at WWE he was let go when uh you know shortly before Vince took his hiatus and then you know, Triple H comes back and, and brings back a couple faces like 
Braun Strowman and uh, of course Bray Wyatt. And yeah, so like we kind of thought he was on the up and up, even though he'd been out for a while. He, I, I don't really know what the story was, but he was, I think the last time we saw him maybe was the Royal Rumble and then that was it. And yeah. I think we kind of expected him to come back in some capacity, but not sure what was going on. And then, yeah, we got the news today that he had passed away, which is just like really bizarre. Yeah. And and he's one of those that, you know, he, in fact, I was having a conversation with a buddy on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I was always a big Bray Wyatt fan. I didn't always love the gimmick that he was saddled with at the time, but you could tell that that the the character or the the guy the performer underneath that gimmick was always so good at what he did yeah um you know i mean his his stuff with the wyatt family was some was one of my favorite characters in recent memory i didn't really care for the fiend I, well i liked the character of the fiend i didn't care for the you know him wrestling under red lights and all that kind of garbage but again like if you just look at the just the 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 work in the ring was really really incredible um, and he will be, I mean, again, 36 years old, he'd be sorely missed. I did. I saw one article that said he had a massive heart attack. Um, I haven't seen that corroborated yet. I was, wor- I was worried candidly that he had committed suicide. That was my concern. Yeah. Um, but Same. so I'm glad that that's not the case, but again, it, you know, still, uh, still a massive loss. Who else? We lost somebody else. Uh, oh, Terry Funk. We lost this week yeah. as well. You know, Which is a little bit more understandable. He was yeah. 79. He was just south of being 80 years old. And, you know, that's a pretty long life for a wrestler oh my of, God. of any generation. Uh, as we're sitting here talking about a 36 year old that just died. But yeah, that was, uh, I mean, he obviously from the Funk family with uh, Dory and, and everybody else, Dory Funk Jr. I mean, it's just, yeah, that that's not totally unexpected, but still a, a big loss. And he was actually born in Northwest Indiana which was uh, interesting because he doesn't, he doesn't have an Indiana vibe to him. That's for sure. He certainly has a uh, Southern boy kind of stick to him, but yeah. So Terry Funk and, uh, and Wyndham Rotunda, I believe is, is Bray Wyatt's real name. uh, One, one quick thing about Terry Funk. I mean, like Terry Funk is one of those guys that has seemed ancient forever. Like I remember, I really remember the, the first time I was really, not, I won't say aware of Terry Funk, but the first time I really was like, oh, that's Terry Funk was in that movie Beyond the Mat. You remember that movie, that like documentary where they were going behind the scenes of like wrestling? Yeah. Wrestling. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie came out in 1999. So 23 years ago. And he was ancient in that movie, I thought. Well, or at least, I, you know. You were talking about movies he was in. I thought for sure you were going Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Because he was in fucking Roadhouse. He, and was, he, he was in Roadhouse. I don't know yeah. that he was ancient in that, but I mean, he was old in that or he seemed old. But I think the thing that was interesting is that he went on to wrestle for many, 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 many years yeah. past his prime. And he wasn't just going in the ring and taking light bumps. I mean, that guy was, he was getting blood. He was getting color. He was getting thumbtacks in him. I mean, he was doing the whole nine. And that was, I mean, he was just one of those hardcore guys before hardcore was really a thing. So, yeah. I mean, that he was an absolute legend in that respect. But yeah, it's crazy, crazy sad news coming out of the world of wrestling. Yeah, not for something sure. we're not used to, unfortunately. But no, and you know what? And and unfortunately, you know, I I think we are getting to the age, and and more importantly, our our heroes from that era are getting to an age where I I 
I think we're going to start losing, losing them left and right here over the well, next couple of years, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, Ric Flair, who is basically the Keith Richards of fucking wrestling, yeah. is still kicking for no good reason whatsoever and yeah. tweeting about all these people that are dying. And it's just it's crazy to me that 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 guy has a million lives in him. Yes, yes, he does, he does indeed. Okay, we'll say we we actually have a topic for tonight, which is which we is kind of cool. So so again, uh, we we haven't sat down and talked since early June. So basically, all we took a summer hiatus, and uh, we were talking, and I said, "Hey, what what do you want to talk about?" And and you came up with it. So I'll I'll let you explain what we're what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. So I mean, we kind of cut our teeth on these top five lists that we have been doing for multiple years now at this point. And I'm a big fan of the six through 10 lists because it really, it really encourages us to think deep into, you know, our top five lists for wrestlers or movies or video games or whatever that that can be kind of easy because it's easy to pick your favorites. But when you have to pick in the second group, I think it's a lot more challenging and it really causes you to have to put things together in a, in a unique way. So, so we, we talked about this stuff back in 2021, which was two years ago. That is insane. It's crazy how long ago we, well, first of all, how long we've been doing this podcast, but second of all, that the last time we touched on, you know, our favorite Marvel movies was two years ago, just uh, post pandemic, or actually as the pandemic was kind of on its way of wrapping up. And so, yeah, so tonight we're going to do our six through 10 Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And it's probably worth going through this and going through our top fives just to give a little context. So I'll let you kind of start with your with your review of your top five. And then, I don't know, I guess I can kick things off since I, I picked the topic tonight. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you're right. Um, it was, if you want to go back into the archives and listen, it was episode 51 of the podcast, which was, uh, which was recorded on July 22nd, 2021, uh, which again is, is crazy. And at the time there weren't obviously nearly as many Marvel movies. There's been, you know, we've got two more years worth of movies, but we, you know, we had gone through the infinity saga at that point. If I remember correctly, I think that the next Spider-Man no way home far from home was just was getting ready to come out. I think that came out in December. So that one wasn't out, but so, yeah. So my, my top five, number five was captain America winter soldier. Number four was the original Dr. Strange. Number three was Avengers Endgame. Number two was the original Avengers. And number one was the one that kicked it all off. Iron man from 2008. Yep. That's right. And then for myself, my number five was captain America civil war. My number four was Thor Ragnarok. Number three, just like yours, Avengers Endgame. Number two, Captain America Winter Soldier. And number one, Avengers Infinity War. So I think uh, we had similar lists, but not the same, certainly. And before we before I kick things off, I want to start by asking you a question, because I think this, this occurred to me to ask today, and I think it's an interesting question. Knowing what we know today, so we did this two years ago, so we've had yes. a slew of content, specifically movies, we're not really including the shows, the Disney Plus shows in here, we're just talking feature length movies. Knowing what you know today, would anything that has happened since our last podcast cause you to change your top five? Uh, so basically, no. has anything no. come out since then that you would consider no. bumping? No. 
Okay. In, no, in fact, um, no, certainly not in the in my top five. I only have one film that came out since then, since that podcast. That's in my six through ten. So no, answer is no. Okay, I I, I think you? I expected that just because there hasn't been. There's a lot more content that came before our podcast than since. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I actually I would. I probably would make some would adjustments. Okay. And, I, and we can talk about that when we when we get to the end. I, I well, I don't know. I would go back and forth. It would it would be a bit of a tough thing to try to figure out, but I would definitely consider it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess basically the question becomes, you know, maybe your four or your five would would those drop off and be swapped out with one of these. But again, we can we can get there. So yeah. before we get started, you got an over under on the number of mm. duplicates that we might have. I think if I don't know what's the over under. Should we say like two and a half? I if think you, two if, and a half. I, okay. I would take the uh, under though on two and a half. I will I will take the under. I, I might even take yeah, I might even take the under if it was one and a half. I, okay. I think it's gonna I think it might be I think well, it's uh, there's one for sure. There's I one for almost, sure that we'll yeah. have in common. And yeah. you know what? That that probably is it because as I'm looking through my list, I think I think we're going to start covering one. We're going to start trading off. Like I might have some on my list this time that you had last time. Yes. Okay. And, fair. and vice versa. Yeah. yeah. I think I, but I think on this list, I think there, there might be two movies that I know didn't appear on either of our lists last time that I think might this time, but it might be two. The other three though, I can almost guarantee will yeah. not, but okay. who knows? We'll, we'll get into it. All right. Well, uh, I'll All kick right. things off since this is my topic and I always like to end with hearing your last pick. So okay, my number 10 is a very uh, unexciting pick and it's one that you went over last time. And I should say that I went back and I tried to listen to as much as I could of our last episode and you were in the car, which was hilarious to me. And <laughs> um, and this is one that you were were very, very high on and didn't make my list, but I did squeeze it into the end of this one. And it is actually the one that started everything. It is 2008's Iron Man. This one was a little bit tough. I, I feel like I could have potentially put maybe Spider-Man Homecoming in here, which I guess, spoiler alert, didn't make my list based off of that comment. But this one, I think, just had to be on there. And I will admit that I don't revisit this one very often, but I still think it's one of the best because it is the movie that not only just launched this whole thing, but it was so impressive that they made this movie. I didn't know anything about Iron Man. I, I think we talked about this to some extent, to, an, to a considerable extent on the last podcast. When I was growing up, DC comic book characters were the ones that I knew and loved the most. Batman, Superman, Joker, Lex Luthor. Of course, I knew the Hulk because he had his own TV show and, you know, knew some about the X-Men, but I didn't know shit about Iron Man. I, I knew he was red and yellow. That's about all I knew about that character. And this movie totally created a mythos around this character that I thought was really fun and exciting. It was well done. Robert Downey Jr. was so good in this movie. It totally jump-started his career into an absolute brand new stratosphere that never even existed. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow... Terrence Howard, soon to thankfully be replaced by Don Cheadle, Jeff Bridges, Paul Bettany as the voice of Jarvis, even back in 2008, which is really cool. And of course, John Favreau directing 
pulled in just south of 600 million, you know, didn't do all that great in comparison to what we're seeing now for box office. But I mean, it's a great movie. It's, it's Robert Downey Jr. at some of his best in that. And, uh, you know, got to give credit where credit's due. It's the one that kicked everything off. We wouldn't be talking about any of the stuff today if it wasn't for that movie. And it was, it was Iron Man. Uh, yeah, I, 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 obviously I, I put that, that, that movie, um, number one right that that's my favorite um and so yeah everything that you said there i agree with i i actually i revisit it quite a bit more than you do obviously and i think for me really the 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 thing that sets that film apart maybe even more than anything else is robert downey jr is tony Stark. you know what i mean like i know we've had podcasts about definitive actors and definitive roles and those kind of things I mean, he's he's perfect not only as Iron Man, but as Tony Stark, right? You know, like yeah. when we talk about Batman, right? You've got we've got some actors that do the Bruce Wayne better than the Batman, and vice versa. Tony uh, Robert Downey nails both of them, in my opinion. Um, and again, it's just like I don't think they had any idea what it would have launched, but um, but yeah, I'm 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 damn glad it did. That's a that's a great pick for sure. Yeah, and and that's one role that I think, you know, someday probably hopefully long after you and I are shuffled off this mortal coil, they'll start rebooting these movies and redoing them. And that's just one actor that I think will forever embody that character. I don't, I mean, you can make arguments all day long about Michael Keaton versus Val Kilmer versus Christian Bale, you know, for Batman, but I I just can't see anybody encompassing everything that, I mean, I guess that's what Iron Man is. I don't know. I don't know Iron Man very well. I know Tony Stark even less from the comics and all that, but I I I just assume that he absolutely nailed it top to bottom. And if he didn't, then I guess they don't care. Like I don't give a shit who Tony Stark is in the comic books because this is my Tony Stark. And, and see, th- that's a really good point. I, I I I'm there might be some huge comic book nerds out there and i say that with the 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 highest level of love and respect i'm not that's not a derogatory (laughs) term but but there might be some some marvel iron man fans out there that are listening to me say that robert downey is the epitome of iron man and they might be totally wrong and the reason i say that is i didn't read a ton of the comic i read some of them but not a ton of them right and so i was not super super familiar with that character but I'm like you, I don't care because he has embodied that is my Iron Man, right? So I don't know if it's super close to the source material. It doesn't really matter though, because that performance was that damn good. Yeah, it really was. But enough about Iron Man, as yes. we have talked about him to great extent, and I'm sure we will touch on him again. Give me your number 10. My number 10, this one might throw you for a loop a little bit. It is a 2008 film um so it's actually number two it's the second mcu film it is the incredible hulk starring edward norton okay Um, all right now here's here's the funny thing about this so there have been multiple hulk movies even before the mcu there was one with eric bana and it was terrible i don't when i first saw this movie i don't even remember if i Like, I don't think the MCU was even a, it wasn't a thing, right? Like there was a little teaser at the end of Iron Man and there was a little teaser at the end of Hulk, but like we had no idea what it was going to become, right? We didn't even know that they were assembling the Avengers at that point or those kind of things. 
so I watched Hulk, you know, probably when it came out. I don't think I saw it in the theaters, but I saw it shortly thereafter. And and I kind of forgot about it for a while, if I'm being honest, right? I don't know that I went back and rewatched it until after Avengers, which was several years later. Um, but Edward Norton, I think, does a amazing job as the Hulk and as Bruce Banner. I think he gets overshadowed because of how good Mark Ruffalo is as the Hulk, uh, or, or I guess more accurately as Banner. Obviously, the CGI of the Hulk grew by leaps and bounds after, you know, after this, but I, this is just a really compelling story for me. I really enjoy this one. It's got Liv Tyler in it, Tim Roth, William Hurt, um, had a budget of $150 million and made $265 million, which by Avenger numbers or by Marvel numbers is not much, but, but I, I, I've actually gone back to this one eh, within the last year or so. And I really, I really enjoy it. It has moved up my list considerably and that's my number 10. I think that's a bold choice because I guarantee that doesn't make anybody else's top 10. Mm-hmm. I, I I like it because I did like that movie. I thought it was good. I don't, I think the Hulk is a really tough character to nail down properly because he's so overpowered. And what I like about what Ed Norton did is he really brought the gravitas of the psychology behind, you know, what it's like to be this character and be struggling with, you know, getting too pissed off and turning into this monster and all of these things. And I, I am glad with the way that things ended up in terms of Mark Ruffalo's Hulk and how all that worked. But I, I admit that I would have been very, very interested, just really loving and respecting Ed Norton as an actor to see where that could have gone. I don't know that he would have fit for sort of the lighthearted approach that that Ruffalo took and how, I mean, Ruffalo just had great chemistry with the other actors, with Robert Downey Jr., with Chris Hemsworth, even with Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson and all of them. I think, I, I can't see Ed Norton fitting into that group. I can't, but I don't think that's why he didn't continue with it. I think he had... I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what it was. I think it was, you know, a combination of script issues. And I think Ed Norton is takes his craft very seriously. And, and, and I think there were just some disagreements. I also think that Marvel, even at that point was probably very controlling over what was going on with the, the stories and the movies and things like that. But you, know, you mentioned that, that, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe was just kind of taking shape around this. But if you recall, like the, the end credit scene featured, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark talking uh, to General Ross. And so like it, it was clear that they knew where they wanted to go with this and they were riding the wave of how successful Iron Man was in hopes that this would do the same. And then, of course, they had Thor and Captain America coming. And then I think eventually Iron Man 2 would come out before the Avengers became a thing. But yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. I especially really was touched by the nod to Bill Bixby who was the actor who played the Incredible Hulk in the TV series back in the late 70s, early 80s. And they had a clip from a movie, or I think it was a movie or a show he did called The Courtship of Eddie's Father. And and, and that was on, that was, Ed Norton was watching that when he was, uh, you know, out overseas and, and trying to hide out and everything. And I thought that was really especially cool. But yeah, I like this movie. It's not one that I revisit very often. 
but it's definitely one that I think if they would have kept Ed Norton in that role, it would have been fascinating to see how things would have ended up. Yeah. Yeah. One more note. It is the lowest grossing MCU film out of all of them, which I guess kind of surprises me because um, there's some real stinkers in there, but well, that's I, symptomatic yeah. of the fact that it's the second movie, right? I think, I think you're right. Yeah. And Iron Man is, you know, it only pulled in 585 million, which it's, it's, you know, which is not chump change by any means, but you know, in Marvel standards, that's pretty low, but that was the it's first nothing, one. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all right. What, uh, what have you got for your number nine? My number nine is kind of interesting because I've kind of, dogged on the series well i haven't dogged on the series but i've kind of dogged on this movie a lot but even in the last podcast i did talk about how i was coming back around on it and i i have done a 180 on it and i like it and respect it a lot more and this is the first captain america movie this is captain america the first avenger from 2011 back in phase one joe johnston directed it this actually pulled in 370 million so this is where things did start to slow down a little bit. I think Captain America is an interesting case study in terms of superheroes because he, to me, is the Marvel answer for Superman, I think, is is the intention, right? He's the all-American guy. He's the Boy Scout who's way overpowered, and he always does the right thing, and he never lies, and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, the movie takes place back in... Oh gosh, when was it? The World War II era? Was that when it was? It was, was? In the, it was in the 40s, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. And it follows the, you know, it's obviously the origin story of Captain America. And so it, I guess you could call it a period piece if you would do that, not in a Jane Austen kind of way, but like it doesn't take place in, in modern times by any means. Chris Evans, Haley Atwell, Sebastian Stan, Hugo Weaving, Stanley Tucci. But I think... I only got an appreciation from this movie when I watched Winter Soldier and the Civil Wars. I I, I revisited this a couple of times and I really I just grabbed onto it a lot more. I can't explain why. I think Chris Evans is a lot better than I ever gave him credit for. Or he he really embodies Captain America, much like Christopher Reeve really embodied Superman for me, if I'm going to continue to make that parallel. And yeah, I just, I thought it was a good movie. It was entertaining. It was sad. Like there was a tragedy about it. You know, he gets, he, he crashes the the spaceship and he gets frozen and then he wakes up and he's completely out of sorts and doesn't know where he is. And the love of his life is now on, you know, super old and getting ready to die. And it's just, it's, it's kind of a mess, but you know, what they do with that character and where they take him past that is really really interesting and it's really well done so yeah captain america that's my number nine yeah the, it's funny of, of the original avengers um you know so cap is probably my least favorite um and that's not that's not a a statement about chris evans and it's not anything like that i think you're right i think he's just kind of this milk toast um hero right and he's and he's kind of this all-american um, obviously Captain America. Um, but, but I would agree with you. I've, I've come around on the cap movies in general, and I just rewatched this one um, maybe six months ago. And the, I think you hit it on the head. The, the, the thing that I remember most about this flick watching it again was that sadness, right? It's like at the end, you really feel bad 
for Captain America, right? It's like, even though he survives and even though he's there to save the day in the, in the present day, he's lost kind of his entire life. Right. And that really comes back once we get to end game and infinity war, especially in end game, right. Where, you know, he goes back and just the way, the way that ends, you know, he, he finally gets his story, but it took 20 some movies to, to kind of, um, complete that circle for him. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of why Endgame, if you put in the time to watch all those 22 movies, that's why that those last couple movies are so, so powerful because they tell stories like that. And, yeah. and Cap is a massive part of that movie. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great flick. I enjoy it quite a bit. But he is, I mean, but I get it. I understand why people don't gravitate towards him because he's kind of boring where, you know, there's nothing controversial about him. He's not Batman. He's not cool. There's nothing cool about him. But those are those are some of the characters that I feel like I've always been attracted to in a weird way. Like that's Luke Skywalker to me too, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe not maybe not in the overpowered sense, but certainly in the Boy Scout, aw shucks, you know, they they represent American values, I think, or they were I, I definitely think Superman and, and Captain America specifically were designed to do that. They were sure obviously Captain America invoking Americana and all of that and, and what we see ourselves as as you know American values and, and pride and all of that stuff. And and I think that it's easy to sort of just kind of be like, all right, whatever, especially today. That's it's a little bit harder to gravitate towards those characters because there's it doesn't feel as genuine, but there's also something that is interesting about hanging your hat on that kind of character. You mm -hmm. know, like, yeah, I, I, I need somebody I can, I can rely on. I can count on to make the right decisions and do the right things sometimes. And I think that that's Captain America here. Yeah. You, you know what, one last thing, and then we can move on. I think, I think the difficult part about connect for like a movie watcher to connect with a character like Superman or like Captain America is they have no flaws. Right. And so you don't you don't see yourself in them. Right. It's real easy to see yourself in Tony Stark. It's real easy to see yourself in Bruce Wayne or, you know, what I mean, like these just kind of like where they have character flaws. And when a character doesn't have a flaw or his biggest flaw is like he lost the love of his life through no fault of his own. It's just a sympathetic character at that point. Right. It's, yeah. it's yeah. he's not a bad guy, you know, so that, yeah, I think that's. That's um, and that's really just a testament to the to Chris Evans, the fact that we do like him as much as we do, right? Yeah, uh -huh. this character that has no flaws, um, is really a testament to Chris Evans and how he just acted his ass off in in that role. Yeah, in my yeah. opinion, so. he did great. He was he was very stoic in that role, and I I thought he did awesome. Yeah. All right, your number nine, sir. Nine, my number nine. Um, let's see. This one, I don't think will surprise you this was just a fun fun flick it's 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 not one of the greatest technically made movies in the mcu in my opinion but it's 2014's guardians of the galaxy um directed by james gunn starring chris pratt zoe zaldania dave bautista vin diesel bradley cooper lee pace michael rooker karen gillen the, the guardians are just a a a fun squad in the mcu they're made fun. The movies are made fun by their soundtracks. They're, you know, the seventies and eighties tunes throughout, you know, they're just kind of a band of pirates, right? They have taken on more importance, I guess, since that first film, but even that first film, they were going that, you know, they were going after one of the infinity stones, right? We didn't know it at the time, but uh, yeah, I, I just, it's just a fun flick that you can sit down and put on and rewatch 
and just have a good time with it. It's it is it is probably one of the most uh, popcorny movies in the entire MCU, in my opinion. But I but I but I really enjoy watching it. I think that's fair. My experience with Guardians was interesting because that was probably the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I had never heard of any of these characters. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is the part where I don't want to say I felt like they were scraping the bottom of the barrel, but they were definitely going from A list to B list, or they were they were going to the next tier down. And I I didn't know how to take this. I also don't think not to think back to this, but I don't think I really knew anybody who was in that movie. I mean, I didn't know Chris Pratt. I I, I knew him from Parks and Rec, but I didn't really watch Parks and Rec, or at least Mm -hmm. not religiously. So I didn't know him. I didn't know Zoe Saldana. I knew who Batista was, but I wasn't really actively watching wrestling at that point. I think that when he was kind of transitioning out anyways. Mm -hmm. I knew Michael Rooker. I've known Michael Rooker for a long time, going all the way back to Days of Thunder, I feel like. And, you know, some of those other characters... Yeah, I knew some of the other actors, but the characters, I, I had no idea. I liked yeah. the movie. I Sometimes I felt like it was trying a little too hard with the soundtrack, which may surprise some people because the music is like, I love the fact that they tried to make good music for it, but they also pulled things that I felt like were a little bit on the nose for some of the soundtrack, but I still like the fact that they did it. And it was a fun, it was the first movie i mean not counting avengers i guess but it was it was more of an ensemble cast mm-hmm. it was yeah there wasn't a clear star i think i mean i guess i always felt like chris pratt was the star but i don't necessarily think he was the main character if that makes any sense i think they tried real hard from guardians one all the way to the end of guardians three to balance the the storylines between all the characters that that they featured in those movies. And yeah, I, I didn't love it when I first saw it. I grew to like it more and more, but I, I definitely think it's a good pick. Cool. Yeah. All right. What, sir, do you have for your number eight? Well, so not, not steering too far off of your pick. I'm actually going with 2017's guardians two uh, from phase three also directed by James Gunn, pulled in about $869 million. basically the same cast, with one very key exception. And I thought this might be enough to put it on your list, because I just haven't seen a movie in my lifetime that Kurt Russell doesn't make better. I just, it, I don't think it exists. He might go down in history as just being... The act, I don't know, I, I don't know if I could call him my favorite actor, but he might be the one that makes me the happiest. Like he just he just makes everything better. He's like fucking cheese. He he's just cheese. Cheese makes everything better. Kurt Russell makes everything better. Kurt Russell equals cheese. Are you crazy? Is that your problem? I like this movie because of Kurt Russell, and I think this is a a good graduation from that first Guardians movie. We had some other events, of course, that took place in that time frame. But I love the idea that Kurt Russell comes into this movie as as Peter Quill's dad, who is a god. And we learned that that Peter Quill is a, I guess, um, you know, half god, half human, which is a little weird. But I, I just I loved 
what he brought to this character because at the beginning of the movie he seems very warm and very friendly but you definitely get the sense that something is off and as the movie goes on you you are exposed more and more to what that actually is and i can't think of a lot of movies where i got to see kurt russell as a bad guy but this was really fun like this was interesting i think he has done it before but i'm racking my brain without having done any more research and I can't think of anything off the top of my head but it was interesting and I like that part of it I like the music I do think they stepped up the music a little bit in this got a little bit more obscure and hit on a, a few more bands that I really liked but yeah that's my that's my number eight Guardians of the Galaxy part two yeah it, you know it, it's it's a good pick um and had I thought about the Russell factor um I I'm because I I agree with you Kurt, Kurt and Kurt Russell as cheese might be the greatest analogy ever, right? It just makes everything better. <laughs> Name it's, one it's thing that cheese doesn't make no, better. Nothing, nothing. You. Yeah. And you're right. Um, his performance, even, even as the bad guy that you, that you kind of knew he was the bad guy from like a quarter of the way through the movie. You know what I mean? Like you just, you just kind of knew, you, you know, it wasn't revealed until, you know, for probably the last, what, half hour maybe something like that but you just kind of knew you're like oh yeah that's he's gonna be a bad guy um and but even still he he kind of had this he had this bravado of a god right obviously he had and he's got a way of delivering his lines and he is you know he's just got an awful lot of jack burton in him right he's just got a lot of just like no bullshit just kind of like it is what it is here I am. I'm a man's man kind of thing, even though he wasn't in this movie. Yeah. Um, but, but you're right. And, and I would agree with you from a musical standpoint, they did go a little bit more obscure, which I really liked. Right. In yes. the first, you're right. The first, the first guardians movie, um, the, those, those songs, while they're amazing are songs that you will hear on every single seventies and eighties mixtape ever made exactly yeah so because they had uh what was it it was like uh, more than a feeling and yeah the pina colada song and i think they had uh was it steeler's wheel was on there maybe like stuck in the middle with you or something like that and it was like you know like they're all good songs but they were a little bit like i don't know it was a little bit on the money or i'm sorry it wasn't steeler's wheel it was hooked on a feeling that's what i meant yeah and that was just that was a bit of an eye roller that was kind of like whatever but like the beginning scene, the 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 introductory, um, I guess, the scene in in Guardians Two is when they're fighting this big, you know, weird monster, and and they're all dancing around. It's this really great opening credit sequence to ELO's Mister Blue Sky, and and that song and that mo. It's just, it's perfect because like they're all facing certain death, and then you know Groot's just kind of dancing around. This really happy, bouncy sounding song. Right. And and the way they sort of play the severity of the moment with the the lighthearted music and it just it meshes so well. I think they did such a great job with the music in that movie. You know, you know what it is. It uh, episode two, Guardians two, is kind of like a six through ten episode when it comes to the music, right? Like it's just like yeah. a little bit. They're a little bit deeper cuts. And you mentioned ELO, ELO the first time I was ever introduced to that band was during the history of rock and roll class that we took in Bloomington was the first time I was ever introduced to ELO. 
Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, it's got ELO, it's got uh, Brandy by The Looking Glass. I mean, it's got some really, really great songs. And it's got some cheap trick in there. It's got George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic, Fleetwood Mac. I mean, some really, really, re- Sam Cooke, who in my opinion, is the greatest vocalist of all time. Yeah. I, I, it's just like some really, really good stuff. Yeah, uh, that's that's a, that's a good pick. You know, it's funny that that's one that I don't go back to often, but uh, but I'll have to get back to it. That's a, yeah, that's a good one for sure. Give it another watch and and yeah. put your put your Jack Burton trucker hat on and uh, and just you know just absorb all the cheese if you can. All right, please my give number, me yeah. your number eight. My number eight. Um, my number eight is a film that I've actually probably only watched through two or three times but it's awesome and it's 2018's black panther i adore that movie that movie made two on a 200 million dollar dollar budget it made 1.3 billion dollars it might have been might have been the first like solo movie within the mcu to make a billion dollars Stars Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, Michael B. Jordan. I didn't really know a ton about the Black Panther character coming into this flick, and I was really excited. Um, He was introduced in Civil War, is that right? Correct. Okay, so I, I was introduced to him in Civil War, and he really didn't do. I mean, he was in he was in the fight, but like we, that's where we introduced to him, and and at that point, his his uh, his father was was assassinated, right, in Civil War, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the king, he became king, and th- th- in this flick, we really get to see Wakanda in all its glory, its technology, its people, and I don't know. There, there's something about this one; it really kind of is set apart because it is. It is um, even with all the technology, there's still there's still this kind of primitive, primal feel about the Wakandans. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I don't know if it's the type of technology that they have or where they are, the fact that they're kind of off the off the grid or those kind of things. But I don't know. I just I really enjoy this flick. Like I said, I haven't seen it, you know, sat down and watched it through all that many times, but I really enjoyed it. I'm God, I was so bummed when when Patrick or when uh Chadwick Boseman passed away. You know, partially because you know obviously it's it's the loss of life, but to the fact that we wouldn't get to see him in that role anymore just really, really bummed me out because he was kind of the way the way Robert Downey is Tony Stark. He was Black Panther, right? He was T'Challa. And to this day in Endgame, when he walks out of that portal, right, in that in that climactic scene and he had he had been dusted since the end of Infinity War mm-hmm. and he's the first one to walk out. And I, I remember when when I rewatched that scene after Chadwick Boseman had passed away, that, that scene just kind of hits differently. Right. When, when he oh, walks out of the yeah, portal for sure. um, and, and I mean, I, I just got goosebumps thinking about it again, but yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed black Panther. It was great. Yeah. I think that's a great choice. I have seen it a handful of times and I thought Michael B. Jordan was really good in it. Chadwick Boseman, obviously very good in it. Angela Bassett, you know, she's, you know, an incredible actress. I, I will say much like you, I don't revisit that one very often. And I'll be honest, I I did have some criticism about it, mostly around the special effects. I thought there were some, some poorly done shots throughout that movie that made it look way too cartoony. And I, 
I don't know if that's just if that's part of the symptomatic of, of of the technology at the time. I mean, this wasn't that long ago, but for whatever reason, there were scenes where you know he was kind of jumping around that it just looked a little bit comic book like, and I, I don't think that's what they were going for specifically. But I, I did like the movie. I thought it was you know his journey and 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 all the dream sequences and all of that was really cool. And I would really have loved to see what Black Panther 2 would have been if he were still here, because they yeah. obviously had to had to pivot pretty considerably when he wasn't around to film that movie. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I, th I think it was a good movie. Definitely, for sure. I, I probably need to rewatch it more often than I do. But yeah, solid choice for sure. All right, sir. We are on to your what? To your number? I lost track. Where are we seven. at? Seven. Your number seven. What do we got? My number seven is one that you have already talked about, and I. It it was there was just no room for this on the top five because the top five was just so killer and it was so good from top to bottom. But this is the original Avengers movie from Phase One. Josh Whedon, or excuse me, Joss Whedon. Uh, back in back in 2012, obviously featured Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Sam Jackson, Tom Hiddleston, Jeremy Renner, ScarJo, and a myriad of other people. This movie was, and I, I kind of already touched on this on the last podcast, but I guess I'll say it again because I think it is worth repeating. The thing that impressed me the most about this is it was it was an incredible culmination of all the movies that came before that. So there were five movies that came before there were two Iron Man's uh, Captain America, a Hulk and a Thor movie. And I had doubts at that point, whether or not they could really pull this off because they had never done this before. They had never really had four separate movies I mean, I don't think so. If if it has happened, then I should be corrected. But I can't think of another, you know, there have obviously been sequels before, but this isn't like that. This is like taking four different stories and then combining all these characters into a single story and doing so in a way that gives every character their opportunity to shine. And considering the fact that one of those four characters has been replaced with a completely different actor. It's even more impressive than that movie was as good as it was. And it was phenomenal. It was fantastic. Like I watched it so many times when it came out and admittedly, I don't revisit this movie very often, but it's only because crazy enough, they got better, you know, like the Avengers yeah. movies got better. Well, the second one really didn't, but you know, infinity war End game, like those movies were just so amazing. They hit their stride. They were doing so well, but this is where it all started. And it was fantastic. Uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, you know, he was not a Thanos. He was not like the big, big bad, but they didn't really need that because a lot of this movie was about the Avengers coming together. So they were sort of at odds with each other as they were getting to know one another. And I was just, it was fantastic. This is one that I really need to rewatch again because I just don't give it enough attention these days. Yeah. So, so this was, this was my number two and yeah, everything you just said is, is spot on. I, I think at the time, right. And again, we're, we, we are, at this point, 25 movies past this, but you're right. Like this was the first time 
that there had ever been a a movie that had been built up to by several other movies, right? Like, uh, you know, this wasn't just a sequel, right? This was a culmination of all of those other movies, right? This, this wasn't Jason X or Jason takes Manhattan that just happened to be the next sequel. It was like, Hey, put the time in, watch these other four or five movies. And then you get more. And then this movie is the sum of all of those parts. Right. Yeah. And, and I, 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 like you, I was concerned when, when this one was announced because I I was I remember very vividly I had flashbacks of which what Spider-Man movie was it that had um it was a it was a um it was the one with Venom and with um Sandman Sandman there was yeah. just way too many villains way too many side quests made too much going on and that yeah. was my concern for Avengers I was like oh shit they're going to try to pull all of this to get and and you know what that didn't happen with Avengers not at all it was perfect and the fact that the overwhelming majority of the battles of that scene were shot in downtown Cleveland in the building that I was working in is fucking awesome I still to this day walk down that street and I'm like, oh yeah, that's where Thor went against the, you know, that's where Hulk went this, or, you know, it's, it's, it's just really cool to, to be able to see that stuff, uh, kind of immortalized. It's my town. It's, it was just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And, uh, I can't wait to rewatch it whenever I get a chance. All right. Um, your number seven, my number seven. So yeah, th- this was one that might've been your number one. Yeah, it was your number one. So this is um this is Infinity War. Okay, thank God uh, for the yes. record that this ended up on your list. This was really yeah. gonna piss me off if it didn't end up there. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And th- this is a phenomenal movie, and and again, it's um like you. I just I just didn't have room on my top five because, and again, that's not to say that those other five movies that I chose were were better movies again we do favorites we don't do best right and and for and for just that reason yeah infinity war though is is a masterpiece just through and through from the beginning to the end you know arguably the best cliffhanger in the history of cinema maybe with empire strikes back is the only other one that's in there you know the the dusting scene alone is I mean, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, you know, it is phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, then fuck off. Like, seriously, <laughs> right, there's right, no, exactly. no, you're not getting a spoiler alert. <laughs> um, no, but again, I mean, and again, the, the beauty of the MCU in my mind is that film. There is the one where I really felt it. I think I had recognized it before, but I really felt it. That's a great movie in and of itself. But if you, as a film watcher, have put the time in to watch all of the previous movies, there are layers upon layers upon layers that you get extra from watching all of those movies. Like when you invest, this is the movie where it all pays off, right? It's a little thing. It's a dropped line here. It's a a glance here, a relationship there, those kind of things that the Russo brothers just did a phenomenal job of pulling together all those storylines, all those characters and giving just, just an amazing movie. I, you know, again, I don't know if that movie would be great if you sat down and I don't know that you could follow it. If you hadn't watched anything else, no, I think it would be difficult, 
but but at that point they knew they had us hooked and there's a reason that this movie made so much money at the box office because it was an amazing movie but again we had put the we the fans had put the time in and and they made it worth our while for sure yeah so we we talked at length about this last time obviously because as you mentioned i put this as my number one and it definitely still is and will probably always be in my number one in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I, I was thinking about this today as I was mentally prepping for this podcast. And you mentioned Empire Strikes Back, and that did come up in the previous conversation because of the cliffhanger aspect of it. However, I started thinking about this and how it, the parallels to Empire Strikes Back, and I think there's even really more. If you think of, you know... The Star Wars trilogy, the the OG trilogy was, you know, it was three acts. It was A New Hope, it was Empire Strikes Back, and it was Return of the Jedi. If you think about these Marvel movies as that, and, and we have to kind of fudge it a little bit, but like, let's just say everything from Iron Man 1 all the way up to whatever was right before Infinity War. Let's just say that's 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 your first chapter. Your second chapter is Infinity War, and your third chapter is Endgame. Infinity War is Empire Strikes Back. It's the movie. It's the it's the second chapter of the story where the good guys lose and everything mm-hmm. goes wrong. And that is what Empire Strikes Back is. And that's what I that's one of the reasons I think we all love Empire Strikes Back because it's where the stakes are the are, are super duper high and and the good guys lose. But we know that they're going to win in the end because there's a there's a final chapter that is yet to be unveiled. And and that's what I think we're we're dealing with here too. You know, Endgame is going to wrap things up. It's going to do it slowly, but it's going to do it very effectively. Infinity War is Empire Strikes Back. I'm not saying it's as good of a movie. I'm just simply saying the parallels to the to the to the type of storytelling are are really on par because the good guys start with a lot of momentum and then they just they fucking crash and and they get their asses kicked and everything seems doomed at the end of of this second chapter if you will and then we go into endgame slash return of the jedi where you know we our heroes get their shit back together and and they they win the day but that's why i really think that i have unconsciously attached myself to this movie more than any other one because it is the empire strikes back of the marvel cinematic universe sure do you have you ever read anything do do you know, do the Russo brothers or Kevin Feige have any sort of affinity to Star Wars? Is there any sort like I, I, I would be shocked if they didn't right to your point, right? This, they, they tell their, their, their storytelling devices and those kind of things are, are, are very reminiscent of what Lucas did in the OG trilogy. Um, I just, I, I just don't know if they've ever gone on record and, and, said it or not uh, not not that i'm aware of i mean yeah. the russo brothers were attached to do some star wars movies and and we even kind of talked about that a little bit in the last podcast i think that mm-hmm. has since changed i don't think they're attached to anything in star wars anymore and i would say that yeah i mean any filmmaker our age or around our age was probably heavily influenced by star wars not just because of i mean it was it was a cultural phenomenon yeah. But it, it wasn't necessarily a new way of storytelling. It was a new way of telling the story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because the the whole 
Joseph Campbell, the Campbellian archetype that, you know, like the hero's journey and all that stuff. That That's not a new type of story, but the way that they told the story with the technology and the special effects and all that on top of that, it is what made it what it was at the time. So I'm sure they were influenced, but I don't remember them specifically coming out and saying, you know, like Star Wars was the, the reason we got started and all this. But if they okay. did, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Right, right, exactly. Are we to your number six? Yes. We are. Here's here's the overlap. I'm almost positive of it. Oh, of course. This is 100% the overlap. And the one that I could make a case for potentially working its way into my top five, this is Spider-Man No Way Home. 2021, easily, without even, I mean, objectively, the best movie that has come out from Marvel since our last podcast and since Endgame, in my opinion. Director John Watts made just south of $2 billion in the box office. We know it's Tom Holland, Zendaya, Marissa Tomei, Alfred Molina, Jamie Foxx, and then, of course, these wonderful, wonderful surprise, quote-unquote, cameos by Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, who played spider-man in their own respective multiverses and this movie was just fantastic and i i think it would have been great without them but the fact that they were in this movie just it, i i don't know i can't even explain it this was the last time i was in a movie where people erupted in applause when toby mcguire came on and i i mean i was one of those people and i didn't i'm i've been a little bit outspoken like i don't like toby mcguire spider-man i'm not a big fan of him as an actor in that particular role i thought andrew garfield was better but to see him back there was just something so heartwarming about that and then andrew garfield comes back and and, and the story aside from that is really great you know uh, spider-man's trying to tom holland is is or i should say peter parker is consistently trying to fix things that he feels like are broken and he he uses dr strange of course we get a uh Benedict Cumberbatch cameo in this movie to try to fix, you know, the things that have went wrong and it ends up causing this rift in the, in, in the multiverse that brings in these different Spider-Men, these different characters from these different movies, the, the good guys and the bad guys. And it's just so spectacularly crafted in the way that they put all this together. And it culminates to this great scene at the end where, they're all fighting each other's villains at the Statue of Liberty. And it's 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 another one that ends pretty sadly, but with some element of hope to it. And I don't know where it goes from here because I don't know if Tom Holland's back. I don't know, you know, I don't know where this all happens. But I mean, this is where they basically say, okay, Robert Downey Jr.'s gone. Spider-Man is our new Iron Man. Like he is the guy. He is the new head of this team and yeah this this movie was absolutely fantastic i think i saw it three times in the theaters spider-man no way home yeah yeah it, it is it is my number six as well it's phenomenal uh yeah it, it might be the one that might have uh nudged out my, one of my top five you said it it's it's um it's phenomenal it is you know what it, it's funny because this movie did spectacularly what that other Spider-Man movie that we mentioned earlier failed at spectacularly, right? It was able to bring all these characters together, all these villains together, 
and weave together a story that was compelling and made sense and didn't make it feel like there was too much going on. Um, and, and I can't even really articulate like what was different between the two other than one was fucking awesome and one was terrible. So, uh, <laughs> right. you know, and, and yeah, I, um, I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge um, Tobey Maguire fan either. I think Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies were better than Andrew Garfield's movies. That's fair. But That's I, fair. But I, th- but I think Andrew Garfield was a better actor than Tobey Maguire was. If that That's makes sense. That's also fair. Yeah, hundred um, percent agree. I think Tom Holland's better than both of them. But yeah, I, I'm not sure what else I can add. This is a it it, it is. It is kind of the Avengers. It is. It's the next Avengers movie, even though it's not an Avengers, right? It is. It's bringing everybody together, the same way that Infinity War and Endgame was able to weave these tales of all these characters and and somehow make it feel like nobody gets shortchanged, nobody gets forgotten, and at the same time they're not focusing on one over the other the same yeah. way that those those avengers movies did it they did it here too it's it was it it was amazing well, absolutely amazing here's what it is to me it's fan service done the absolute right way 100% it's not ghostbusters afterlife fan service it's not even star wars jj abrams fan service this is where it's done thoughtfully and correctly and and with all the love and honor respect yeah. and respect that, that the other movies deserve. Like Toby's not my favorite Spider-Man, but like when he shows up, I'm excited that he's there. And yeah. I can't say that about, I mean, I guess I could say that about Lando and I could, you know, say that. Not, no, but not really though. Not really. Though. Well, I can't, but you're like, just, yeah, you're like, there he is, whatever. You know, he, he didn't yeah. he didn't fit the story like he was right. clearly shoehorned in just to be like, hey, there's that guy from that movie. Whereas I feel like they did a much better job incorporating, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in this. But they didn't have to like they could have made a really good Spider-Man without including other characters from other universes. And they still did this, but they did it masterfully. It was just yeah. so well done. And I, I just can't gush about this enough. This is probably, I mean, geez. Yeah, I, I probably will watch this more than Civil War. I would probably rewatch it before Endgame. You know, Infinity War is still another one I really like. Ragnarok is, it, you know, I'm, a rewatchable movie isn't the same as a good movie. But, you know, all, you know, all things considered, I, I just think this is, I don't know. It did so well, but I still think it's underrated. Like I, I still want to talk about this all the time because I was so happy with the way they did fan service. And I just keep looking around to all my childhood, you know, franchises and be like, why couldn't you guys fucking do this? Like, why couldn't you figure this out? They did it in one movie, you know, Star Wars fucked it up like three times. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't <laughs> fuck it up. You know what I mean? Like right. they, yeah, I do. they had yeah. three <laughs> chances to really nail it. And they, they just, they missed the landing, I think on that. But I mean, no way home. They crushed it, man. It was so good. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Look at that. I th- that might be the first time in podcast history that the top of the list is the same. I'd have to go back and listen. Hmm. I know we have. I know we've had a couple, but yeah, that yeah, was uh, maybe, maybe yeah. that, that may but have hey, been too easy. But I think everything leading up to that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so so rather than do an uh, honorable mention. We decided to do a our favorite 
non-MCU Marvel movie. Yes. For now our, for our kind of yes. This is where I feel like we may we may cross. I I, I don't know no, because we won't. Oh, you don't no, think so? Okay. No, we won't. But, you well, think, well, okay, but you say that that means you think you know what mine is. I do. Or, well, or, no, no, no. I I but I know it's not mine. Okay. All right. That's I know it's not mine. Yeah. Oh, I this is going to be exciting then. Okay, so so I just gave you my number 6, so I will defer to you. What is your favorite non-MCU Marvel movie? Okay. So I have a I have a tiny caveat to this one, okay? Oh, you're cheating. And, and, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You're fucking so cheating. I, no, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. So I sent you a tech I sent you a text today. Yes. And I said and I said is Deadpool considered and in the mcu right and you said no not yet right because because i understand the third movie that is coming out with Hugh jackman and puts him in the mcu puts him in the mcu yes right so i i i will say though that based on that and it might be a technicality i disqualified deadpool from this spot it would have been deadpool i agree I agree. I disqualified him as well. Okay. So it would have been, I I thoroughly enjoyed Deadpool. I thoroughly enjoyed Deadpool too. I'm really looking forward to watching Deadpool and Wolverine go at it. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be huge. That movie is going to be fucking huge. I mean, that one has the potential to be Star Wars, or I'm sorry, um, Spider-Man Avengers level crossover. Cool. In my opinion. It could. I think they're going to play it way too uh, it'll be campy sloppy. yeah yeah it will yes i think i don't know but I, that's yeah we'll see what happens okay. but anyways okay so that being said my favorite non-mcu marvel movie is 2004's starring thomas jane the punisher <laughs> <laughs> what i you... told you it wouldn't <laughs> i wow. told you it wouldn't no you're, it wouldn't you're be right we Definitely did not overlap on this one at all, even close. So here, here's the thing, okay? I, I've read a couple Punisher comics in my lifetime. I remember there was a Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren, of all people, way back in like the 80s, maybe? 80s, uh, 90s? It was a long time ago. It was terrible. I don't know why I like this movie so much. I just, I've, I've always been drawn to it i come back to it like regularly john travolta of all people is the big crime boss it was directed by jonathan hensleith hensleith who i actually didn't really know until i started like looking him up he was he was the director of obviously the punisher kill the irishman but he was the writer of things like the saint Armageddon, Jumanji, oh, wow. Die Hard with a Vengeance. So he's got some he's got some stuff behind okay. his name. He was the executive producer on Con Air, Armageddon, and Gone in sixty seconds. So he he's so got Michael some big, Bay likes him. Yeah. Michael Bay likes him. Yeah. I, again, I, this is not a objectively good movie. I understand that, but Thomas Jane as the Punisher here. I really enjoy, you know, he's a vigilante. His entire family gets wiped out in the beginning of the movie by John Travolta's goons for like, and, and then it's just the entire movie is him going back and taking his vengeance. Um, I, I just, I really, it's it, again, it's favorites, not best. I, I just, I enjoy this movie quite a bit. 
And this has nothing to do with the fact that Kevin Nash is in this movie. Kevin Nash is in this movie. Yes. And, <laughs> Re- and, and Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Yes. Right, right, right. Yes. Uh, Rebecca Romaine. She's not a Stamos anymore, but that's yes. right. She's not. Yes. So okay. no, I knew, I knew, I knew that that would not be an overlap for sure. <laughs> no, that is, that is not an overlap. I, God, I almost forgot this movie existed. And Thomas Jane is not anybody who I would ever consider casting as the punisher at least based off of what i know about it but that's i mean hey that's i i haven't seen it so maybe you haven't seen it all oh no i'll have to add that to my list i guess but i I just thought this is terrible that i didn't know this so thomas jane was in boogie nights he was oh yeah in boogie i hard to 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 pick up because i i had the same experience many years after i saw that movie yeah i'm like Tom's Jane. He wasn't in that movie. That yeah, what are you talking it's Todd. about? And then, yeah, yeah. And he's got that <laughs> fucking stash. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that he's at the end with that great scene with Sister Christian and the, the yeah. kid lighting off the fireworks and all that. It was so good. Yeah. Um, okay, so you knew that we wouldn't overlap that, but do you think you know what mine is? um is there not because i feel like mine is kind of obvious maybe it's not but i feel like it is i mean if it's if it's not deadpool no i i, I okay um i mean it's not gonna be howard the duck um, <laughs> <Yeah>, no shit <laughs> no it's uh, i mean i mean maybe when you tell me i'll uh, but no i no i can't I, there's not one that pops to mind no so my favorite non-mcu marvel movie from 1998 is blade oh blade okay okay yeah yeah i i think that that one probably should have been obvious that one is uh i I, you know obviously years after did i even realize it was a comic book character and you know wesley snipes chris christopherson stephen dorf amongst others and 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 it is getting pulled into the mcu as i understand they are making another blade movie not with wesley snipes but with uh ali who was uh who's a fantastic actor he was in the luke cage tv show on netflix and yeah i think he's gonna be fantastic but there i don't know if it's been going through some sort of development hell or what's going on but like that seems to have been pushed over and over again but that that first that first blade movie actually all of no i take that back the first two blade movies really good the third one was kind of but i love those movies like i'd never seen a vampire movie like that before and you know wesley snipes as blade as this sort of anti-hero who was going around killing vampire he was a vampire but he was killing vampires and it was just this really interesting storyline and the way it was filmed it was just it was it was beautiful. Like it was just a really, the cinematography on that movie I thought was really, really well done. And it had multiple directors, I guess, but overall I just, I thought it was, it was great. I can revisit it. I can watch it almost anytime. Wesley Snipes was a straight up badass in that movie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and in subsequent sequels, I thought he was really good too. Which, which one was triple H in? Was that the second one or the third that was the one? The third one. He, was it okay? So that was a, shitty. Yeah, yeah, he had a brief case. Yeah, that was bad. Well, so in theory, Blade 3 should have been the culmination of everything because he was right. fighting Dracula. He was literally right. going up against Dracula. But they cast this guy who was just this big sort of muscle-bound meathead that just... He looked like Triple H. Yeah. He didn't add anything to the yeah. 
to the role and and Parker Posey was in it, which is, you know, if you know that actress, like just really like what? <laughs> like she was sort of a an indie darling favorite, like she was in Dazed and Confused and other movies that was like, what the fuck is she doing in this? And and Ryan Reynolds was in that. So yeah, which was interesting. Uh and, and he was pretty good in it. Like it was clear that he, you know, they gave him some free reign to to do all his comedic ad libbing. But yeah. Anyways, back to the the first movie. I thought it was really, really well done. I love rewatching that movie. I still think it holds up really well. It's just crisp and it feels it doesn't feel dated for a movie that was made in the 90s, which is an impressive compliment, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, Even though I saw that, you know, as I was doing research, I saw that on the list of Marvel movies. I, I don't know. I just I just don't think of Blade as a Marvel movie. I know it is. Um, I don't either. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it, it's 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 weird. Because again, I, I don't think of that character. I, I never read the comics. Um, so I don't think of that character as a comic book character. I just, it's a, it's a vampire, you know, he's a vampire fire killer i agree it does hold up well but the the set the how many are there are there three or four just three right now it, okay yeah yeah that that, that third one it, it just kind of reeks of you know, that that third one reminds me of like the um those like soft core like uh <laughs> Fuck. you know what i'm talking like the, the, the like straight the, to the, cinemax movies yes kind of just those terrible yes yeah all those movies with gene simmons wife that we used to watch that's just like those terrible <laughs> shannon tweed shannon oh tweed just God. like those those just terrible you know what i mean just like those terrible soft core third rate that's what that one reminds me of yeah um, that's that's fair it's it's not know. a good movie the second one was a, a really in my opinion, it was a really great graduation from the first movie. I thought it okay. really up to stakes, and I remember really liking it. But the third one was just like, oh. Are they are they bringing Blade into the MCO? Are they going to merge him with, what was that other vampire guy that had a movie? Um, oh, shit. Morbius? What was it? Um, Morbius? Yeah. Are, are they going to are they going to bring them into the, like, is that is that the crossover? Is that where they bring him in? Uh, yeah, I believe. So. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if that's all going to combine with each other. But yes, I, I do know that Blade is going to be brought into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I actually believe there was a character named Morbius in the very first Blade. That was probably more of just like a nod rather than a, you know, an effort to bring okay, the that. actual character. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that was that was maybe uh, more just like lip service to that. But yeah, my understanding is that I don't know if it's a series or if it no, I don't think it's a series. I think it is supposed to be a movie that they're going to that they're going to film and I don't know when it's coming out or it's been delayed multiple times at this point. So who knows when, but okay. hopefully it does because I think it you know, if they modernize it, even though the special effects to this day I think are still pretty decent if they modernize it, it's going to be pretty impressive. Yeah. So, so with the, so we are, at, I'm just looking through, um, I'm looking on Wikipedia, the list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. So since Endgame, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine movies since Endgame. What are your thoughts on, like, is the MCU at this point, is it healthy? Is it, trending in the right direction i mean obviously there's going to be you know when you when you hit the highs of 
of Endgame and Infinity War, there's going to be ebbs and flows, right? Everything can't be that way. Are you optimistic about the MCU? Are you, um, cause, cause and here's where I'm going with this question. Um, with the exception of no way home, there's only one of these movies that I would even consider like an enjoyable movie. And that was black widow. I really enjoyed black widow. And a lot of the like stuff on Disney plus I have either not watched or watched once or, you know, kind of read up and those kind of things. Like where, like where, where are you, what, what do you think about the MCU or the larger Marvel universe at this point? Good, bad, indifferent, trending in the right direction, wrong. Like where, where do you think we're headed? I, I think we're, I don't think it's bad but I definitely think that a lot of us are suffering from this comic book movie fatigue that's going Mm -hmm. on right now, because there's just a lot of content. There are movies, there are television shows there. There's all kinds of stuff out there. And I feel like it's getting significantly watered down and I hope that changes. I hope it moves it back in, in a positive direction, but like since Spider-Man, there's not been a movie that I've really been excited to see i mean i was kind of excited to see guardians 3 and i liked it i thought it was okay but nothing has made me walk out of the theaters and be excited like spider-man since that uh since no way home came out so i don't know i feel like for the first time maybe in in the history of the cinematic universe like it's it it may be flailing a little bit like i'm not really confident anymore and Part of that reason is because, like, the movies that have come out recently, I mean, like, what came out this year? Uh, Ant-Man, Quantumania. Like, that was mm-hmm. kind of that was kind of blah. I didn't love that. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was okay. It was very self-contained, though. It's, it's I didn't not even, really... I didn't even see it. I didn't even see it. It was all right, but it was... It was... They were... James Gunn was clearly more concerned about tying up the Guardians than he was playing into what's left because James Gunn okay. is now over at DC. Like, he's not... Like he's gone over to DC. He's going to reboot Superman. He's the next, you know, Kevin, Kevin Feige, Feige. Uh, okay. or for DC, which is great. You know, like great for James Gunn. That's awesome. But like the the thing that I'm concerned about is they're the next big bad that they're building towards is this Kang Quang. character yeah. in. Not in... Quang. I said Quang. He's a wrestler. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, Savio whatever. Vega. <laughs> maybe maybe it could be him too. I don't know. But yeah. like they're building towards this Kang character, and he's he's shown up in uh he showed up in Quantumania. He was in Loki, and they're building towards an Avengers, two Avengers movies that are gonna feature him. But this actor, Jonathan Majors, if you follow the news, is in a little bit of trouble right now. Like he's he's been accused of some domestic disputes and he's he some assault allegations and he's going on trial. And I don't know how this is going to affect the future with him. And it just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to build to something as big and as bad and as as epic as this whole Thanos thing. So I don't know. I got to be honest. Like, I don't know what's coming that I'm excited about because the, the television properties that have come out have, you know, like I watched the, the Nick Fury themed uh, uh, Secret, Secret Wars. Wars. It was kind How of was blah. I, I didn't, I didn't love it. I mean, it is wasn't. That a, 
Is that a show or a movie? I thought yeah. that was a no, show. No, it's a show. It's a show. But I, okay. I watched that and, you know, because everything is tied together. So it's all, they're all um, working in conjunction with each other to lead up to something bigger. And, yeah. and I mean, I don't know. I didn't think the show was great. I really didn't. I think they kind of took Nick Fury and neutered him quite a bit because he was supposed to be this badass. And now he's just this dude who's old and it doesn't seem very engaged anymore. And they've, they they don't have much left for Marvel this year, so I don't really know. Like I, I'm not, I don't know where I feel or what I feel about where they're going with it because it doesn't seem to be building to something. I mean, I, I'll go ahead and say it on record. I guess I don't think it's ever going to get better than what we've seen. I think the Thanos uh, saga is as good as it's ever going to get with the Marvel movies. I don't see yeah. it ever getting better, and maybe. Maybe that's short-sighted, and I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong about that. I don't see them ever getting better than that, though. I think they peaked. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, my, my fear is, you know, w- when you start looking at, uh, I, again, and we've, we've talked about it not only on this podcast, but previous podcasts, like the beauty of Endgame and Infinity War was the overwhelming majority, I think this is a fair statement. The overwhelming majority of people that went to go see those movies had put the time in and watched, you know, 15 or 20 of those movies. Right. And, and now the, the problem is like, they're asking us to watch not only the cinematic releases and, and releases that I would that I would consider less than, right? So things like Shang-Chi and Eternals and Multiverse of Madness and Love and Thunder, like these these kind of not great movies, in my opinion. Again, one one man's opinion. But then on top of that, they're asking us to watch the Loki series and the Winter Soldier series and like all of these other like Disney Plus things, right? my concern is they're making the barrier to entry to really kind of get the entire story. I think it's, it might be, they might be asking too much. Yeah. Is that, am I wrong? No, I don't think so at all. I, I would agree. I think, I mean, I like the shows, but I also realize that I'm watching these shows. And then when they end, I'm like, I, I don't, like, I don't care about them. Like everything is yeah. very fleeting. It's very ephemeral. It's like, it's cool when it's there and when it's not, I, I don't care about it. And I think the biggest challenge that Marvel's going to deal with is the fact that we're now we're moving on to more of a B team, right? Like we don't yeah. have our A team anymore. We don't have Chris Evans. We don't have Robert Downey Jr. We don't have the star power. We don't have the characters. We don't have the A-list mm-hmm. characters. Forget about the actors for a second. We don't have the characters. Like who gives a shit about, Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight. Moon Knight was it was a it was a fine show. Like I, I yeah. like Oscar Isaacs is a fantastic actor, and and this show was fine. But who gives a shit? Like nobody yeah. cares. Like it feels like they killed everybody off, and they're just like, but what about this guy? Like we're throwing these yeah. new, you know, it feels like enhancement talent. <laughs> that's something yeah. I feel like that you would you would relate to, right? Um, that's well, it's you. And yeah, I, it, I think they're going to get nervous and they're going to try to get Robert Downey Jr. back. They're going to try to get Chris Evans back. They're going to because, you know, they introduced the multiverse and this this idea of time right. travel. You can you can bring them back like they're, nobody's dead. And, and that's 
that's both the, the the beauty and the destruction of the Marvel universe, right? Yeah. Because now you've taken all the stakes out and it's not it it it, it doesn't it's not doesn't have as much gravitas as it used to. Yeah, and and you know, it, it it's the it's the reason that every Transformers movie has Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and two you know what I mean? Like it's like you have to keep coming back to those same two or three core characters, right? Uh, and you can't get too far from that. And I think might, maybe Marvel is starting to run into that. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, how do you how do you respect the past and, and carry it forward and, and still make it credible while also breathing new air yeah. into everything? And that's that's tough. I mean, like I couldn't do it, you know. Good for right. Kevin Feige. Hopefully he can figure it out because right. obviously we love these movies. We talk about these movies all the time and we want, to, you know, I'd love to be able to do another top five and in, in five years and, and totally readjust the list. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be great to yeah. have new entries on here, but I, I, I don't see it happening. I don't think it's going to. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. All right. Well, that, that being said, this was fun. Um, I'm glad that we did this. I'm glad that we managed to record a podcast two months two and a half months after the last one i can promise you that it won't be that long um nope i I hear that you're going to be here in cleveland here in the next couple weeks so maybe we can uh maybe we can knock out a live podcast that'd be amazing man that that would be cool i mean (laughs) let's let's try to make it work that'd be awesome all right so so the last time i closed the podcast for some fucking reason i said aloha i don't even understand (laughs) (laughs) i remember that and i laughed and i texted you and i'm like i don't know where that came from but that was amazing i don't know why i did that but uh that that, on that note that being said that's mr pip i'm chewy (laughs) and this has been the 411 for 406 talk to you soon folks have a good evening (laughs) sayonara (laughs) 